Welcome to Prophecy Today, and uh, this is a moment that uh, we never thought we would see, but we're not surprised. This day in history, it's a dark day in history, uh, on the anniversary of the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, uh, we are watching the images on TV uh, with a sadness of heart. Rick and I are both here, and uh, we just thought it would be very important to get our good friend and comrade, uh, CBS journalist for over 35 years in the land of Israel, David Dolan. Uh, Rick, welcome to the program. Thanks so much, Jimmy. And uh, this is certainly a somber time as we look at all that's going on, the, the thought of pray for the peace of Jerusalem, pray for Israel that is so prevalent right now, the things that are taking place. We've uh, seen these uh, we've seen this coming for uh, for a little while but we never realized that it would come with this kind of intensity david if you could uh, thank you for joining us well you guys uh you've been serving <laughs> the lord and israel for so many decades and your late father and uh what wonderful testimonies uh what wonderful um reviews you'll have before the throne of grace i believe in heaven <laughs> so it's great to be on your program and uh yes i live many um, decades well uh the same years as jesus i like to say <laughs> 33 in israel and i follow everything closely and i have friends caught up in the middle of this and uh people being called up to service and uh it's it's a very emotional time, but uh, but it's good. It's good because we knew these uh, things were going to happen. The prophecies told us, and uh, we've been expecting, you know. And these are the birth pangs of the Messiah's uh, kingdom and uh, and His glorious coming. So uh, we rejoice in that in the midst of some pretty grim uh, situations. Well, David, if you could, this situation. We saw it coming. If you could, there's so much happening, so much taking place right now. Uh, just give us an update on what you see taking place on the ground. What happened, and uh, you know, where are we right now in this situation? Well, it's uh, been warned of from the Islamic militant groups uh, backed by Iran for some time over a year really directly from Islamic Jihad and Hamas. They've been saying they're going to do another offensive against Israel and the Zionist entity that must be destroyed and the whole thing. And Iran continues to talk like that and act like that and walk like that uh, in Lebanon, in Syria, in um, Gaza, in Judea and Samaria the past year, of course, as we've talked about many times. Um, attacks emanating from Tulkaram, from uh, Nablus, from Shechem, from other places in the north of um, uh, Samaria where Haran has a big hold and they've been creating problems everywhere. And uh, yes, I mean, it was so reminiscent of the Yom Kippur War. And you guys are much younger than me, but uh, I remember. Um, after work in 1973, I was working as a waiter at a restaurant, so not a great job, but I pulled off the road on the way home to um, just listen to the news, the midnight news, and it was that Egypt and Syria had just attacked Israel on its holiest day, Yom Kippur, backed by the then Soviet Union, 
And uh, uh, I felt that moment the Lord tell me, you're going to get involved in this. But uh, I lost my job because we had the oil embargo and all the trouble. So nothing new here, but this is so similar, a surprise attack on Shabbat morning at dawn. Um, I've heard from several friends who um, in Israel who uh, woke up and they saw their phone had these notices of sirens going off and warnings and blah, blah, blah. You know, again, just after dawn on Saturday, the last day of Sukkot, uh, well, really, it, it had ended, but it was um, Simchat Torah, the next final day, great day of the feast, as it's called in the New Testament. And uh, they realized within an hour or so, they said that they would be called up uh, if they were in the reserves, as many of them are, that they would be going down to the front if they're in active service, as many of them are. Or in my generation, their parents and grandparents saying, oh, my goodness, here here we go again, you know. So dramatic and uh, like that, the middle of a holy day, that was Yom Kippur. This was Sibkat Torah. Suddenly people wake up and realize they have to go to war. And uh, it's a terrible situation, but, uh, you know, God is still on the throne and uh, watching everything, so... So, we have that hope. David, we've all been watching. Uh, I'm sure most people that are interested in Israel have been watching their media uh, outlet that they would watch, whether it be Fox News, CNN, BBC, um, throughout the day. So we, we've seen these images. What's the latest that, uh, that you know uh, as far as uh, your intel uh, what has, you know, as it is nighttime there, going into the night, it's a terrible time for most of these families that do have to go into their bomb shelters all night long. Uh, there are probably still pockets of uh, terrorists that are out on the ground. We know that the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, is out looking for them, uh, shutting and, and clearing cities, villages, streets, uh, almost in the days of, you know, going like it was in the city of Jerusalem, going uh, alleyway by alleyway. So what's the latest that you could tell us? Well, Jimmy, first of all, this is definitely, uh, it's only one day old, but we can already say this is the worst war forced upon Israel since 1973, that joint uh, Egyptian-Syrian attack backed by the Soviet Union that ended with a near-nuclear conflict. On October 25th, uh, 50 years ago, uh, between the U.S. and Russia, Soviet Union, I won't go into that here, but, you know, dramatic times. This is the worst uh, since then, and I say that for many reasons, and I'm not alone. We, we haven't had this many communities captured by the enemy. Uh, over 15 kibbutz settlements uh, communities were surrounded, captured. Uh, cut off, and some of them still are, uh, in uh, the area of the Gaza Strip, and then these rockets all over, uh, many of them uh, reaching Tel Aviv and uh, to the north and uh, destroying some buildings there. And uh, the conflict, uh, they are calling Hamas for it to be all over the Middle East. And I spoke about this last weekend on, uh, you know, the your program, Prophecy Today weekend program that they were calling upon 
um, you know, Arab um, groups around the region and Islamic groups around the world to join in this special day of opposition to Israel on Friday. And uh, they didn't do anything on Friday, but uh, at the dawn of Saturday morning during the Sabbath, they struck with an amazing uh, attack, really, um, uh, Jimmy and Rick. It was, uh, I haven't seen this in my uh, decades in Israel, a three-pronged attack. They launched drones over Israeli tanks and blew them up and pulled people, soldiers out of them, took them capture. They did sea attacks and they did ground attacks. They overran the era's checkpoint. That's the main connection between Israel proper and the Gaza Strip, heavily fortified. I've been there many times. Uh, nobody would have imagined they could just overtake it. So the Israelis were shocked and odd. What can I say? They were surprised. This wasn't expected. And that'll all come up in the coming you know, weeks and months politically. But for the moment, they're under siege. They're under attack. They see Iran's hand behind this. And the people are pretty united. And as I said earlier on your program, it might take a, a new major war or, you know, joint attack against them to unite them. And they've been fiddling over this judicial reform and American politicians have been fiddling over all the stuff they are and uh, the, the borders and the speakers and all the stuff going on. But this is what's out there. You know, this is what we have to face. And Israel is a is in a huge, new, very significant struggle, guys. And uh, all your listeners, I just urge you to pray for um, the country. And we know the outcome ultimately, so we're not worried about that. But people are suffering at, right now and dying, and uh, we need to keep them <laughs> keep them in our thoughts and prayers. We certainly do, David, and this is an emotional time, and I can hear the emotion in you. I, You brought up a couple of points. You talk about Iran and the fact that they are backing this attack. You talk about the fact that there was a breakdown. Like, How did Israel not see this coming? They have a renowned intelligence service. They have uh, all the uh, listening devices and the military intelligence. David, how do you think that this happened? How did they not see this coming? Well, Rick, I won't quote me. I'll quote one of the senior officials in the uh, Israeli intelligence committee uh, community, I should say, that was on uh, CNN or somewhere today. I saw it, BBC, maybe somewhere, who said we've been so preoccupied with this judicial reform thing and quelling demonstrations and you know, keeping order in our cities, keeping the highways open and et cetera. And, and a lot of soldiers have been involved in that. And that all cuts down on training time and the internal divisions over the political issues uh, create uh, a breakdown in communication, frankly, in these services and whatever, in the military and on and on. So uh, he said that... Uh, you know, we kind of brought this on ourselves by focusing on, uh, again, I don't want to get too political, but here in the U.S., what is it? It's global warming, whereas we're actually facing a possible nuclear war with Russia and China. <laughs> in Israel, it's judicial reform, whereas they're actually facing probably Iran's attempt to destroy them. Mm. 
So, you know, it's where, where people's attention is at and where our politicians uh, lead us to focus on. But um, it's a very difficult struggle. And yes, it's uh, I've been there in the middle of several wars and actually embedded uh, with IDF forces on a couple of occasions and whatever. And uh, um, yeah, this is a, a critical moment. And, uh, you know, we are instructed to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And that has to be all the more so in these times. I don't mean a peace treaty tomorrow. I mean the safety and security of the people at this present moment. Yes. Hey, David, uh, you and I, uh, we were both there during the first Israeli-Lebanon conflict. We both have been there over the years, 1996, uh, 2011. I mean, you go on and on. There there have been these incursions uh, from the Gaza Strip. Uh, Rick and I were there uh, last year, I believe it was, or, or right before COVID, actually, when there were uh, probably 700, 800 rockets that went off and our alarms on our phones, our rocket alert uh, was just going off. It was like one right after another. So, yes, we know the fear that these folks, uh, the tiny nation of Israel, which is only about the size of New Jersey, um, it's uh, very small in size in the whole state. Um, is under alert. It's on a lockdown. Rick is supposed to be there on, on Monday, but we've talked to people that are there now. They can't even leave their hotels. I've uh, texted people about just stay with your group, stay in the hotels, listen to what they tell you. You should be fine. But we do see also that the government now, uh, and and you made a reference to this, they were have been fighting all these protests on judicial reform, but we've seen Yair Lapid, and we've seen Benny Gantz reach out uh, to Prime Minister Netanyahu to make an emergency uh, government to kind of deal with this situation. How long? Uh, first of all, how long do you think that'll last? And what are the, the basic days ahead going to look like? Well, I've uh, mentioned before on, on uh, my you know reports that there's no way the Saudi-Israeli proposed peace accord, as we're learning about it anyway, could pass uh, an Israeli government test unless <laughs> Netanyahu were to drop the right-wing nationalist parties, the two, in his government mm -hmm. and replace them with something more centrist, and that would be probably Benny Gantz. That's now being proposed, not because of the Saudi issue, but because Israel is under attack. And uh, again, it became clear through the day on Saturday, um, as the reports came in from here and there and everywhere, as the videos being posted by Hamas were seen, etc., that Israel is indeed at war, as Netanyahu proclaimed. This isn't a joke. This isn't a, a, a rehearsal. This isn't an operation. This is full war that Hamas has chosen to do an audacious, outrageous uh, assault upon the Jewish state. You know, again, capturing 15 communities. We haven't seen that in decades uh, since, yes, again, many years uh, ago, uh, 73, really. And um, uh, civilians captured and on and on. This has gone beyond the scope of 
anything we've seen. So the response has got to, and I think that's why President Biden came out and said, we'll support Israel under any circumstance. Now, I pointed out that, uh, and I said this on the show, that his pushing the agreement with Saudi Arabia now was unlikely to result in peace, but more likely to explode the region because Iran is so opposed to it. And I think that's what we're seeing. And again, I've heard that from other commentators. This isn't my original idea. But so, in other words, the Biden administration uh, has pushed this thing in a a way. And uh, also the president's uh, disdain, if I can use that word, earlier in the year at least, for Netanyahu and his government, you know, not even willing to phone him at first. And then, okay, we'll meet eventually. And, you know, one of our closest allies obviously sent a message to Israel's enemies. So um, it, it looks to me like Iran picked that up. Hamas was given orders. And now the question is, does Hezbollah join in? And how far does this, this really go? Well, that certainly is the question, David, and I appreciate so much your insight. There's so many things that you have brought up and we have brought up on this program, but also on all the programs that we do over the weeks and the months uh, leading up to this. Uh, Many of the things that we have talked about are now coming to fruition. We appreciate you coming to the to the broadcast table today to to help inform us and you've let us know that you're going to be with us we're going to come back and we're going to have regular updates as we continue to monitor this situation this serious situation and one thing that jimmy said that you said david and that i say as well pray for the peace of jerusalem pray for the people of israel pray for the situation there right now that's what we can do as christians here in america david thank you so much for coming on we're going to call on you again maybe daily david as we continue to monitor this situation what's taking place in israel we appreciate what you do and we will be talking to you again soon i am blessed to do it as you know rick and uh, god bless you guys and your ministry David, as always, thank you so much for taking the time. This dark day in Israel's history, its short history, once it was reformed again as a state, 1948, uh, there have been moments. We talk about the reunification of the city of Jerusalem. Uh, We've talked about the Yom Kippur War, of when that took place, and, and how on the holiest day of the year, there was an attack by on nations on just about every side of Israel. And of course, today we've seen uh, this attack again on a holy day, the Simcha Torah, the finishing of the reading of the the, the five books of the, the Torah, the law, uh, ending with Deuteronomy, beginning again in Genesis, and there was an attack. So it is something that uh, we have focused on. I've seen a lot of prophecy teachers uh, and a lot of people that have been talking about this is the war that's going to take place. This is it. Well, this is not, I don't believe yet, the war of Gog and Magog of Ezekiel 38, Daniel 11, and Psalm 83. That is to come. This very well could lead up to that day. But let me remind you of that little tiny book of the book of Obadiah. People always ask about the Palestinian people and and uh, what will become of this. This basically, Hamas is a, 
uh, a proxy of Iran. Uh, they're helping in this situation and attacking Israel and uh, wanting to wipe Israel off the face of the map. Israel is surrounded by 220 million people that would love to see that happen. So as we watch this, we look at the Palestinian people which are getting support. All those folks that live in Gaza, they're getting support and we're still seeing, waiting to see what Hezbollah will do out of Lebanon, their role and uh, the Palestinian people and, and what will take place. But the little book of Obadiah, a lot of people ask, well, why did this happen? Little book of Obadiah gives us uh, uh, some understanding. Verse 16, for as ye have drunk upon my holy mountain, so shall all the heathen drink continually. Yea, they shall drink and they shall swallow down and they shall be as though they have never been. You will notice once again, Joel's, the prophet Joel, the day of the Lord is in play here. Verse 15, this passage is describing the days leading up to the return of Jesus Christ back to the earth. A key verse, verse 16, speaks of the descendants of Esau drinking upon the Lord's holy mountain. One of the reasons that they say that this has taken place, this attack on Israel is because of the amount of people that are visiting the Temple Mount in the city of Jerusalem, the amount of Jewish people that are visiting them. The Lord is referring to Zechariah's prophecy in chapter 12, verse 2 of the prophetic message about the city of Jerusalem and in particular, the Temple Mount. Zechariah is describing how those who have control over the Temple Mount have become intoxicated with power. The words cup of trembling are referring to when the juice of the vine, the grape juice, has fermented in the cup and has become intoxicating. Notice it says that those have drunk, who have drunk on the Temple Mount shall continue to do so, continuing to be intoxicated with power until they shall be as they have never been. This is the prophecy written to Esau and his descendants, the Edomites, which are the Palestinian people of today. This small prophetic book of Obadiah is both historic and prophetic. The truth is, is at the time that it was written, the entire book was prophetic. The book was written around 850 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. Verses 1 to 14 are those prophecies that have been fulfilled. Prophecies and historic events that have already come to pass. Verses 15 to 21 are now the prophetic passages in this book. All the evidence today is available for anyone to investigate and come to the same conclusion that the Orthodox Jewish scholars have made. The Edomites of biblical time are the Palestinians of today. We are now living in a time like never before in history. The Jews and the Palestinians are in a conflict that is key in the Middle East. In fact, the former United Nations Secretary, said that the resolution of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is key to peace in the Middle East. The conflict will be resolved. The Palestinians shall come to a time when they will be as if they've never been. That's verse 16. We are very near to that time in history. Jesus is coming, and it could be today, when he calls us up to be with him at the rapture of the church. Folks, with everything that we are seeing, we are getting closer and closer to that event to take place. Let's keep looking up until.